Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence in the Black diaspora. Today's guest is Pamela Moore. Pamela Moore, say hello to the world. Hello, world. Happy uh, happy fall. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> All right. And so Pamela is a mover and shaker, and we're going to learn a lot about her. But if you have been following the podcast, you know we start with a very simple but not so simple question to introduce our guest, and that is, who is Pamela Moore? (laughs) Well, thank you for having me, David, first of all. Uh, Who is Pamela Moore? So Pamela Moore is the daughter of Betty and William Edwards, uh, first and Mm. foremost, my two most favorite people in the whole wide world. I lost them both recently, um, but every day I am reminded that I am their child. I am a native mm. Detroiter. I am. Uh, I was educated by Detroit Public Schools, largest public district in the state of Michigan. Um, I am an East Sider. For those of us from Detroit, we always like to tell what side of town Woo-hoo! we're from. <laughs> uh, east Side, grew up on the East Side, uh, still live on the East Side. I don't know what will take okay. me from the East Side of Detroit. Um, you know, Detroit's been good to me, uh, educated here, uh, educated at Wayne State University, bachelor's degree, master's degree. Uh, I worked for the last three mayors, which were some very interesting years of my life. Uh, wow. Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, Mayor Dave Bing, and Mayor Mike Duggan. Um, okay. wow. and from there, uh, I ended up at the Detroit Public Schools Foundation, which feels like just kind of my life is full circle back to where I should be giving back to the district that gave me so much and that really prepared me for everything that I've done uh, my entire life. For fun, I dance, um, I teach dance, um, I uh, I travel the world as far away as I can go, I go, and I have a need for speed. Uh, I used to have a motorcycle. I like things that go fast, cars, boats, roller coasters. Wow. That's who I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I, I got a few follow-ups, um, okay. you know, so when we say Eastside, you know, this is global. So what, what streets are we talking about when you say Eastside? So I grew up on Burns and Warren. And uh, I currently live on on Jefferson. I I live close to Belle Isle. So uh, I moved west there for a few years, but uh, somehow I ended up back close to the water. I love the water. And uh, so happy to be here near the water. Um, No children. Uh, You had asked me about personal uh, tidbits about no children and single. So I'll add that. (laughs) But I have 51,000 children at the Detroit public schools community district. So. Oh yes. yes. Yes, indeed. And we'll dive yes, into indeed. that, but I, I have to talk about, we talked pre-show, you gave us a glance of your mansion on, uh, <laughs> on the way to where you're, where you're set up. And, uh, you know, I just want to 
to put that out there because it's this belief that east side east side don't have these type of homes but obviously you're on the east side and you're living in in quite the home so just that's just for our audience i appreciate that i do have a, a, a beautiful surroundings right now i'm in a condo but on the river and uh detroit has some beautiful beautiful homes beautiful yeah. housing stock beautiful neighborhoods i always tell people detroit's not what you think if you've never visited you should come yeah yeah all right so let's jump right into it right you wear many hats but we had you on the show because of you being the president and ceo of detroit public schools foundation so tell our audience what is the detroit public schools foundation so we uh, are a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. We were created by Detroit Public Schools to assist in fundraising. So public districts typically receive public dollars, state dollars, federal yeah. dollars, local dollars. Yeah. We go after yeah. the private dollars from corporations, foundations, and even individuals. Uh, we do traditional fundraising, which we just had our signature event called Champions of Education, where we celebrate our children. I always have the children performing. Uh, we always lift up a partnership that was important to us over the past year. We lifted up our partnership with DTE and the DTE Foundation. They assisted us in raising $23 million to purchase tablets, internet, and technical support for all 51,000 children. Um, so it's a celebration. So we, that's kind of the traditional fundraising we do. We give golf outings in the in the summer. Um, and then the majority of our work is serving as fiduciary over program grants. So, for example, we have a very large program grant from the Kellogg Foundation, which focuses on parent engagement. We know that we have to care for our children when they're in the classroom and when they're outside of the classroom, when they go home yeah. um, after school programs. And so in the way you really uh, make sure that that child is okay is, is forming a bond with that parent. So it's a million yeah. dollar uh, grant that we received for this work. We're in our fourth year now. Um, and so that's just an example of we write the grants, we receive the grants, um, and then we administer that grant. We make sure that the funder gets what they want at, at, at the end of when that grant period is up. Usually that means a report. Um, that usually means data, metrics. How did that investment impact our children? How many children were impacted? How many families were impacted? And so our mission is to enhance educational opportunities and create those opportunities for Detroit Public Schools Community District children their families, and our educators. Um, so that's our mission. Yeah. And our vision is just to arm our students with all the tools and resources that they need uh, once they step out of those doors in the 12th grade, whether they're going to college or whether they're going straight to a career. Again, the district was very good to me. And, and we were resource plentiful when I came through the mm -hmm. district. That is no longer the case. And so yeah. that is what we do. We, we, we fill in the gaps. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, when I when I talked to you and we we connected, I said this this might be dangerous. I could almost talk to you for hours 
just off of what you just talked about there. Uh, so much, uh, so much stuff there. So the first thing is, you know, we're talking to the world. So when you say words like fiduciary, we ask that you break that down for the for the common you know, layman. What's what's a fiduciary? <laughs> so a fiduciary is, um, you know, we we take responsibility for it. We oversee it. We administer it. Again, we write the grant um, to foundations, mm-hmm. corporations based on what the needs are inside of the district. And when those grants are funded, they come to us and we regrant them to the district. So we do an agreement with the district, but we are responsible because we receive the dollars. And so we oversee that work. We make sure that the work is done appropriately. It's implemented timely. We spend the dollars the way they were intended to be spent. We are responsible for those funds. So that's what fiduciary means. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, to enlighten our audience a little bit, we think of public schools and the money that public schools get for the general fund, even that money is earmarked, right? And this is budgeted pretty much away. And the, the disadvantage a district like Detroit would have is that, you know, it's an entire district for the entire city, right? As opposed to, let's say, a Troy, it's a neighborhood district, and they got a lot of private funding coming along with their public funding. And so ultimately, you all are filling that void, if I, if I, if I hear you correctly. So, you know, funding is a very complicated, uh, how, how dollars come into a public district, it is very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But currently, Michigan, all public districts across Michigan, the per pupil funding is now $8,700. We are at the mm-hmm. floor of that, of that calculation for, this, wow. uh, for these allowance funds, which is the per pupil funding. Um, wow. And we look at Birmingham, Bloomfield and Southfield. They get, I want to say it's thirty three hundred more dollars than we do just out of that wow. pot. Now, we also get local dollars. Now, when Detroit Public Schools became Detroit Public Schools Community District, this is more information than you want. Also, it happened after the state takeover. The state handed us back the district in 2016 with a $617 million deficit. Oh, thank you so much for handing that back to us. So the the, the tax Mm. revenue and the dollars that come in uh, through through taxes, that money pays off that debt now. So we get that per pupil allowance. We also get federal dollars for the high poverty that's in the district. Um, we get a lot of those dollars. Those dollars are restricted, though. They can't pay for capital yeah. improvements. They can't pay for teacher yep. salaries. So these wealthier yep. suburbs have property taxes and other ways to fund public education. So that per pupil right. allowance ends up being thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars uh, at the end of the day. Now, what I will say is the Biden administration has been very good to us. Uh, we have gotten okay. COVID relief funds. billion with a B is coming to Detroit. It's uh, a one-time infusion of money. It's to pay for COVID. So we are testing weekly. We're teaching staff. uh, We're testing staff and we're testing students where we've gotten parental uh, permission. Um, So that costs a lot of money to test weekly. 
So, and mm-hmm. all of the COVID supplies, but it also is going to pay for our capital improvements. Our buildings were run down okay. and yeah. in need of repair and maintenance to the tune of almost $1 billion. So some of that money yeah. is going to go towards that. It's going to go towards technology. Now our children have technology at home, as well as one-to-one ratio of technology in the classroom. Um, so that money, we are grateful for that money, but that money goes away in two years. And then we're back to the drawing board. So yeah. again, uh, the per-pupil funding is just not enough. We have a high special needs population. Detroit Public Schools Community District can't turn any child away. We have 1,500 homeless students that have self-identified as being homeless. In the winter of 2020, we heard these stories from our police department that they were picking up our students and they had nowhere to go. So homeless means, the definition means you don't have permanent housing. So they're at relatives' houses. They're sleeping in cars. The families don't have permanent housing. And then uh, food insecurity is is just another. So there's so many issues related to poverty that we have to address because poverty comes into the classroom um, every day. So again, it goes back to that whole child uh, commitment that the district has. We want to know that that child is okay when they're in the classroom and when they're out of the classroom. So public dollars, I just did this lunch and learn yesterday that was entitled Why Public Funding is Not Enough. And that is why the DPS Foundation is why our work is so important because we need, like I was telling you before we got started, I graduated with a thousand students when I graduated from Cast Tech when we were in the old building. Um, If I could just just get in touch with 10,000 alums that could help us with this work, everybody could send me $25, you know, um, yeah. I think we don't really understand um, what our children, you know, and you don't know what you don't have, right? But our yeah. children are lacking so much. When the state took over the district and managed our finances, uh, music went away, sports went away in many of the schools, um, art went away. Um, so we've reinstated yeah. those programs, but those programs cost. When you live in the stu- suburbs, oftentimes parents pay for the uniforms, parents pay for the yeah. travel, yeah. parents pay for a lot of things. Our parents can't afford that. Right. So they right. look to us to find those dollars to bridge those gaps. Yeah. Yeah. And so, man, um, I want to talk a little bit about, I want to tap into so much, but I want to talk a little bit about so COVID hits. So you get all the stuff you just laid out, <laughs> rather it's COVID or not, right? Right. Exists in, in Detroit. That's right. Uh, and then you get COVID. That's right. <laughs> so, so talk a little bit about how that impacted uh, what the work that you're doing. Yeah, again, so I have to go back to when the state controlled our district. Um, mm-hmm. The curriculum was outdated. Our test scores were almost last in the country. Um, Facilities were not maintained, uh, were in need of repair. I mean, teacher salaries, you know, you know, we paid for some things on the backs of teachers, their salaries were cut. All of these things had to be addressed, right? And so, again, as we got the district back in 2016, we, the residents, 
excuse me, elected our school board, which um, they were seated in January of 2017, and they hired a superintendent, Dr. Nikolai Vitti. He's from this area. He had just turned around the Jacksonville, Florida schools, and um, he had all of these things to address, right? So he's improving. He updated the curriculum. He, he got the teacher. We are that we pay. We have the highest salaries now of an incoming teacher in the state of Michigan. I mean, he went to yeah. work. Uh, he did all he could do. We were on a roll. Things were improving. You know, we had chronic absenteeism, all kinds of things we were addressing. And then COVID hits. <laughs> and the first thing we thought of and the district thought of is these children are not going to be eating three times a day. Because we feed all of yeah. our all of our children, we have such high poverty that all children are eligible for free breakfast and lunch, whether you need it or not. Yeah. And so that was kind of the first line of thinking. One, how are we going to educate children from home, and how are we going to feed them? And so yeah. that is when uh, the philanthropic community went to work and said. Don't even okay. worry about it. We'll raise the money for the tablets. But we had to order the tablets. You know, it took several yeah. months for them to come in. We were photocopying curriculum materials. I mean, we were yeah. we had food pickup sites for families to come get food. We were delivering to families that couldn't come and pick up food. COVID was just a nightmare, you know, and Detroit was one of the first communities to be hard hit. So think yeah. about the mental health issues now that children are back yeah. in, in school. We've yeah. got to deal with the mental health issues and we're using that Biden money for those services as well because our children have lost grandma. They lost Mr. Yeah. Jones down the street. They lost the postman. Yeah. Um, and so COVID was devastating. But again, Thanks to the philanthropic community and lots of individuals that gave generously. We raised that money. Every child now has a tablet and internet at their home, technical support. Um, and we're trying to get back on track. We're, we're testing every week. You know, when you test, there are cases. So we have quarantine, yeah. we have quarantine <laughs> teachers right now. But we are determined yeah. to keep these doors open because we know. Young children, especially, need face-to-face learning. A lot of yeah. our children did not thrive sitting in front of a computer uh, trying yeah. to learn their lesson. I, I would say, I would say wholeheartedly, uh, it, it was a rejection of that method because uh, I'm a I'm an educator as well. I work in Westwood Public School District, and you know our kids rejected that model. Um, you know. They just they decided, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And so, yes, I wouldn't say just young kids since I'm at the high school. It's the it's the high school kids as well. They need yeah, to be in front sure. of, of their teachers. Teachers need to be in front of them. They need to be in the building. And high schoolers are, are you know, they are they are wanting to socialize. They are wanting to see Absolutely. their peers. They are wanting to see the boy. The girls are wanting to see the boys and the boys are wanting to see the girls. Um, it was, it was devastating. And, and, uh, at one point, 25% of our children were not signing in because we could track that through the, through the tablets. And we, you know, the district went knocking on doors, excuse me, where's little Timmy? He hasn't signed on. Mm -hmm. And little Timmy Mm -hmm. maybe was at his grandmother's house 
Uh, mm. He didn't take his tablet because the parents were worried mm. about the tablet not getting back home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a it was a Real year problems. of lost, lost learning. Lost, we lost yeah. a lot in 2020. Yeah. We lost a lot. And yeah. so now we're trying to make up for that. We have tutors. We have uh, nurses. We have uh, mental health services now to deal with that period that our children yeah. went through. Yeah. OK, so I want to I want to kind of bring wrap my, my arms around this conversation a little bit. Uh, I want to go back and have you give us a little bit of your history. So where did you go to school? starting with elementary on up? So I went to Hilger Elementary, which was on Forest and uh, Iroquois. And then Mm. middle schools were created when I was in elementary school. And my parents thought, oh, okay, that it's kind of this innovative idea. Middle schools actually Mm. allowed us to work at our own pace. And so you knew who Mm. the school for smart kids were and you knew who the kids were that were struggling because everybody kind of knew where everybody was but teachers met you where where you were so I went to Whitney Young Middle School they put me on a bus picked me up at my elementary school took me to Whitney Young Middle School which was near Belle Isle we went to Belle Isle seems like every day we studied the leaves we went to the zoo we looked at the snow we we ran around we you know Belle Isle so and then Cast Tech in the ninth grade which was just a huge experience and and with so many um other young people from all across the city um you know you had the the children of doctors and lawyers and you had just average you know young people like me that came yeah. off the east side <laughs> but Indeed. cast was a mm-hmm. very unique model where you could go into the area that you were interested in career wise you could, you know, take architecture classes, you could take uh, plumbing classes, you could take business classes, you decided what your curriculum was going to be. And when you, many of, of my peers, they left CAS and they went right into jobs. Um, so CAS was an unusual experience, but a very, very rich experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so now you're working for the Detroit Public Schools Foundation. And there's a lot of challenges uh, with Detroit Public Schools pre and during, and we're still in COVID, right? COVID hasn't quite left us yet, right? Um, <laughs> man, what 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 can you do? I mean, so you got this entire district with a myriad of issues. What does the Detroit Public School Foundation do about these problems? So I. I think the first thing we do is we get on Dripping in Black podcast and talk about it uh, <laughs> and, and to the world, right? And um, yeah. my goal ever since I, I came in 2016 is to connect with our, our alumni. They're everywhere. They're all across the country. They are living abroad. They're everywhere. Um, you can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. There were 5,000 students at CAS when I came through CAS. You can barely go anywhere where somebody didn't go through to CAS at some point. You know, CAS was just, it Mm. it was, it's a big, it's a big school. Um, And so I want to connect, still is. I want to connect with our alums. I want them to know. And I want them to think about what DPS gave them. 
um, there was nothing I didn't have at DPS. They asked me what instruments I wanted to play. I said, oh, I think I want to play the violin. I think I want to play the harp. They gave me a harp and they gave me a violin and I played them. Um, Art, sports. And so I want us to think about what this district gave us and for us to just give back. It doesn't have to be a lot. Yeah. You you and it doesn't even have to be financial. You can adopt a school, you can be a tutor. Yeah. You know, now that COVID is yeah. here, some some rules have changed. But there is something that you can do for this district. And so we're no different though than the urban districts across the country. We all have the same yeah. problems, poverty, what our children have to deal with when they go to their, their neighborhoods, crime. Um, lack of jobs um, for their yeah. parents. So that that parent engagement grant that I talked about, you know, parents can take classes, they can get credentials, they can get workforce development services. Um, you know, we, 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 we have to do all that we can, you know, in Detroit, for those of us that are here and that have been here, we understand the gentrification that's going on right now. But okay. this city belongs to Black people. We are still about yeah. 80%. But yeah. unfortunately, we're not able to take advantage of many of the, uh, you know, much of the economic development that's happening now um, because, mm-hmm. because of education, because of opportunities, because of l- lack of resources because of a lot of things. And so if you care about this city and you live here, or if you just care about black babies, um, you, you need to help us. Uh, because again, every child that we educate is another individual that's going to make this whole world a better place. Their community's a better place. Their parents will be better. Their families will be better. Their children will be better. Education is key. And education doesn't mean I have to go to Michigan State or U of M. Education just means I need to be learning things that will make my life richer and better. Um, And that does normally mean picking up a book. Uh, (laughs) And so we just have to explain to our children what the opportunities are for them and let them know that they can do anything. My teachers told me I could little Pamela, you can do whatever you want to do. They pretty much told me that every day, right after they spanked me. (laughs) So we can't can't spank spank anymore. But right after they spanked me. Would you say that's the greatest lesson you've learned? What? That anything is possible. Anything is possible. I, I went to school with dear friends of mine they didn't even excel in school. They didn't get the good grades. But after school, something was planted in them that yeah. allowed them to seek out whatever their passions were, whatever their yeah. interests were, and they've yeah. made a very good life for themselves. That could be vocational school. That could yeah. be just working and 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 working your way up the ladder at an at an organization and 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 along the way you get skills you're able to market yourself you learn new things yeah. you have to yeah. be able to do something you know and yeah. our children need to understand that it, it, and there are several different 
opportunities and pathways to become successful. And successful doesn't mean money. Successful means to wake up every day and to have something to look forward to and do whatever your passion is. That's success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now I ask you, um, the Detroit Public Schools Foundation, I want you to evaluate it. Scale of one to 10, we're not doing our job. We we suck. 10, we're, we're fantastic. We're, we're, we're blowing everything out of the water. Where would you rank it? I love that question. No one's ever asked me that question. I would say we're an eight. Um, okay. We, we, we are doing what we were created to do. Okay. However, um, and resources, again, our, our capacity is all, any nonprofit, you always struggle with capacity. You always struggle with fundraising. I have to go and find money every year to pay staff, to pay my general yeah. operating support. So there's, so there's never enough staff. And there are never enough resources for you to do what, you know, you were uh, created to do. But I think we do a pretty good job at assisting the district and filling in those gaps and writing grants. But again, I think the marketing piece and the communications piece and branding so that people know who we are and what we do and really get the word out, we're challenged in that area because we don't have enough resources. But if I could put up billboards and and spread the word, I think people would come yeah. running to help. Yeah. So you you almost jumping into my next the response to my next question, but I want to set it up. And so my next question is: You're at an eight. You want to go to a ten and even be pushing eleven on a ten point scale, twelve on a ten point scale, right? And you got this switch that you flip it, and now you're there. All right. So you're from an eight to a 12. What does that 12 look like? So that 12 looks like every alum um, that's able is 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 on board. And even I always talk about those with family ties. So you didn't go to DPS or DPS CD, but mama was a principal. Um, You know, dad worked at the school. or your neighbor did, or your cousin did, or you just care about children. And I have all of those folks on board giving back in some kind of way, being a monthly donor. Let me tell you about the the celebrities that and the very successful people that came out of this district. So think of a U of M and their alumni campaign (laughs) and and, and these multi-millionaires giving back to U of M, giving their estates, leaving them in their estates and their wills, giving back to their alumni schools. If I could have that, we've got Roz Brewer, CEO of Walgreens. You know, the gospel artists that came out of Mumford, Dietrich Haddon, Fred Hammond, the Winans, the Clark sisters. If I could just, if they could just call me. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, celebrities and people who have done very, very well have come through this district for, for many, yeah. many, many years. Um, if I could just get them to support financially and even come and do some fundraising for us, um, that's what it would look like. It would look like all of the really successful 
people that came through this district, if I could just have them, you know, yeah, that that would be my 12. That would be us just kicking butt every day, yeah. raising dollars. You know, my capacity would be what it needs to be. My staff would look like what it needs to look like. Um, and those children would not want for anything. They would have tutors. They would have dollars for after school programs. They would be seeing the world. They would have work, uh, summer jobs, work-based learning opportunities. Um, Parents would be okay. Uh, That's what that would look like. Uh, That that sounds marvelous. And so, (laughs) you know, as we build Dripping in Black, our goal is to go out to the world. And so now we have a world audience, right? So Mm -hmm. speaking into the audience, how can they support you from going from your eight to 12? What's something tangible somebody that's watching this podcast can do to help you go from eight to 12? So, and I'll, I'll say the simplest thing is to plug into us. Uh, if, if you're interested at all, um, sign up for our newsletter. That way you know what we're doing, what the needs are. Um, go to our website, uh, www dot dps for detroit public schools fdn frank denise nancy for foundation.org dps fdn.org that way you keep up with what we're doing who we're doing it with what our partners are doing for the district but most importantly what the needs are for the district and then we give you opportunities to support the foundation that could be through monthly giving We do have a YouTube channel. You can see our Champions of Education event that we just had last week. Um, Just plug in and and see who we are and what we do. You know, I hesitate to say, send me $20 because we have to connect to your heart. We we have to appeal to people in a special way. Uh, There are a lot of worthy organizations out here where you can send a check. But I think when you really understand some of the challenges that we have here in Detroit, and our families are having, and our children are having, I think you might want to help. Um, And again, help comes in a lot of different ways. Uh, If you're local, you could come and paint an auditorium in a school or or give to that school, tutor in that school. But if you want to kind of help district-wide, or if you're from a high school that no longer exists, so you know, some of our high schools went away, But you still want to give back, but there's no high school of yours to give back to. Give back to the district. Um, $20 helps. You know, we found um, copper and lead in our water three years ago. We needed hydration stations in every school. We didn't have $3 million to purchase. We went to the community and said, these babies have lead and copper in the water. Can you help? The money Mm -hmm. came in. When we went out about our homeless children, the money came in. And the DPS Foundation can use the dollars where they're needed, when they're needed. Look us up. We have clean audits. We do not mismanage money. We are good stewards of your investment. And that's important to say. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I got a few more things. Uh, I want to correct myself. I got a mentor that makes the nuanced difference between the word help and the word support. Um, help has a connotation that, you know, it's like you're in need and I am somebody who's not. <laughs> support is 
more like I'm helping you. I'm, I'm aiding you to get to where you want. Right. And so I want to swap those words out and just when my mentor watchbacks, he, he knows I corrected myself on that. But also when the, the Hammonds and, uh, you know, the uh, CC Winans start reaching out to you, do they go through the same channels or is it somewhere they can reach out to you directly? I would get my phone number, but uh, <laughs> they, they can email me directly, pmore at dpsfdn.org, pmore at dpsfdn.org. But, you know, and I've been here all my life. You know, I know people that know them, that have their cell yeah. phone numbers. And I'm about to, yeah. you know, I'm about to start knocking on doors and making <laughs> phone calls because we really, we really need them, not only because of their celebrity, but because yeah. of their network and 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 what they could yeah. be doing and how they could be giving back and how they could. So Carmen Harlan, who many local Detroiters know, she's retired now, but she was a, a anchor on our one of our local stations. She's a Mumford graduate yeah. and she did a wonderful video yeah. for us last week. And she told yeah. stories about her experiences at Mumford and that a teacher said to her when she was in the 11th grade, you might want to think about broadcast journalism. And she did. And so we all wow. have these stories from the district um, on that one person, that teacher or that individual, that counselor that really changed, yeah. that planted something that changed our lives. And we all have those stories. And if nothing else, people yeah. can come back and just talk to students. Um, just just give give our children inspiration and hope you know yeah. the winans came to yeah. mumford and just talked about yeah. their journey yeah. coming through mumford and how they became yeah. successful gospel artists how valuable would that be um wow. come to our performing arts school and taught we have a detroit school of arts where all of our children that want to be performing artists typically go um come and talk to those young people about what it's, you know, what the business is like, what the industry is like, what some of the pitfalls are, what to look out for if you become like a wine. you know, the management side, yeah. the financial piece. Um, just come and mm. talk to our children, spend time with our children, let them know mm. that we care. Yeah. All right. So I got two more questions. The, the last one is the most important. But when we get okay. to, before we get to that one, the question is, so you have the Detroit Public Schools Foundation and you're doing a tremendous work. It's a necessary work. Why Pamela Moore? What does that mean? <laughs> Why Pamela Moore? Why are you, what called you to this work? Oh, well, so I'm the third president. Um, the two presidents prior were educators. So when I heard the position was open, I called the uh, president at the time and I said, it doesn't make sense for me to apply, right? Because I'm not an educator, you know, by training. And she said, no, no, I think you should apply. Um, and so when I applied and got the job and, and everyone that interviewed me said, why are you wanting to do this? Mm -hmm. And again, I had spent many years in the mayor's office and, 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 and that is a uh, really a tough, you know, those are tough jobs working and reporting yeah. to mayors. And I was a little exhausted. 
But I thought, what a wonderful thing to give back to the district that prepared me for, I think, every wonderful and fantastic experience that I've had. I have been blessed. Um, just I have gone into rooms where I never thought I would be invited. I yeah. was at the White House when Obama was president. I have a picture with President Biden with his arm thrown around me because I ran the Workforce mm -hmm. Development Agency at the time, and we did such mm -hmm. great work. Um, Detroit Public Schools prepared me for all of that. Yeah. They gave me the confidence. They gave me the education, the academics, the arts. They gave me everything I needed to go out and slay. <laughs> and and I believe that wholeheartedly. And so it is my best job. It is my last job, please, God. Um, <laughs> but it is a job I wake up every day excited to go to. Um, and yeah. so I'm just I feel very blessed and privileged to be in this role. Yeah, I, 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 I figured as much, but I wanted to ask the question. I knew it was a reason. <laughs> Uh, it drew you. It's kind of a full circle moment for you. And, uh, you know, uh, I love the audacity of applying for a position that, you know, you don't fit the qualifications according to what man may say. Right. But right. You, you went ahead and tried for it anyway and you got it. And uh, just by your energy alone, I just know you're driving that 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 bus in a way that it wouldn't be driven if you weren't driving it. So yeah. that's just me from from my seat. I appreciate that. I just, um, mm -hmm. you know, I always tell young people, if you can find out what your passion is and what you're good at, and if you can put those two things together every day, it'll, yeah. it'll be a joy to wake up every day and, and, and go yeah. do those things. If you're, if you're lucky enough. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I just, uh, I feel very fortunate, uh, to be in the role and I want to leave the foundation stronger and better uh, than when I came. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I always want these children to have someone rooting for them and to uh, bridge to bridge that gap that the public dollars just don't don't pay for. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. So now let's get to the most important question that we ask of every uh, dripping and black guest. Are you are you ready for this? afraid of all of your questions all of your <laughs> questions have really been scary and hard okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well you handled them very well um so the final question that we always ask our guests is have you ever been on the cover of a magazine <laughs> i have not <laughs> i have not i have not been on the wow. cover wow I have not. I, I'm I'm actually stunned. I, if I had to bet, I would have bet that you had a couple of covers in your in your past. I mean, so now you're making me think. Um, I don't. I've been in some magazines, but not okay on the cover. Not on the cover. Mm. <laughs> in magazines, but not featured on the cover. Not all right. Well, one of the things that we like to do here at the Dripping in Black Podcast for each and every one of our guests is we like to place them on our magazine cover. So my producer, S Square Sean Smith, is going to give you uh, a little sneak peek of your cover. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, there I am. 
All right. Yeah. All right. And so that is a parting gift I that we give you to all. all of our <laughs> Dripping in Black uh, alum. If you look over at my shoulders, there are some covers from the first season of quite a few of our alum. And uh, that I call the Wall of Fame. And that's where you're headed. We will get that printed out, mocked up for you, nice and pretty. And we'll mail it out to you. And we'll put a copy of it on our wall as well, just for you coming out. Thank you. I I think I want to put the caveat uh, out there that uh, we'll send it to you sooner if you promise to come back on and we can talk about a few more things. I promise to come back on. I promise. Thank you. That was such a, this is so great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now the pleasure is all ours. Uh, The Dripping in Black podcast is about celebrating Black excellence. Um, We want the world to know that Black people are doing excellent things all over. Uh, Don't believe what the mainstream media does and how they try to portray us. The vast majority of us are out here doing excellent things and you are a prime example. So the thanks is from us to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do. Uh, Thanks again to Pamela Moore. We'll ask the audience to hang on for the last segment, the last drip. And thanks again to Pamela Moore. Up next, the last drip. But first, a message from Anchor. A dripping in black thanks to Pamela Moore for sharing her story with us and for her love and passion for DPS and DPS students. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more of black excellence for you in this final segment. We highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we highlight a founding mother of Detroit schools, Fanny M. Richards. Born in October 1840 to free parents in Fredericksburg, Virginia, Fanny Richards was educated as a child in Toronto, Canada, and as an adult in Germany before eventually settling in Detroit in the 1860s. In 1863, she opened a private school for Blacks. In 1869, a landmark Michigan Supreme Court decision abolished segregation in the Detroit public schools. A few years later in 1872, Richards taught the first kindergarten in Michigan at the newly integrated Everett Elementary School where she would teach for 44 years. Richards was Detroit's first black school teacher. Richards was also a community activist. She was one of the founders of the Phyllis Wheatley Home for Colored Ladies. She also served as president of the Michigan Federation of Colored Women's Clubs. In 1915, after more than 50 years of service, Richards retired from teaching. Fanny Richards' passion for the Detroit community is akin to this episode's guest, Pamela Moore. On November 2nd, 2021, because of her outstanding life and legacy as an educator and an activist in Detroit, she became this episode's last drip. For more on Fanny and Richards, check out heroines-of-history.com, hmdb.org. 
elmwoodhistoriccemetery.org and motorcitymuckraker.com. My thanks to all of these websites for the knowledge. The Dripping in Black audio podcast can be found on the most popular podcast platforms, and you can find our video version on the DIBK channel on YouTube, as well as Facebook Watch. Remember to subscribe, comment, like, share, and to tell a friend to tell a friend. We're about the intentional celebration of Black excellence, and we do this week after week after week. Also, you can like us and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DIBK20. My thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced... A Dripping in Black production.